I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. For those of you tuning into the show for the first time, welcome to the madness. This is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journeys and uh, funny antidotes along the way. And sometimes we get really great audition stories um, that I, I absolutely love sharing with y'all. And today is no exception. Great story coming your way. Today, we have the fabulous Carolyn Hennessy, who is nominated for a Daytime Emmy this year for her work in General Hospital, but you also know her from a thousand other things. She's on, like, every television show, uh, Dawson's Creek and Cougar Town and Gilmore Girls and True Blood. You know her face. And we have a really great conversation uh, for, especially for young actors out there listening to the show or those who are um, new to the industry. This is a really good talk with Carolyn Hennessy. And uh, 
here it is. And welcome to the show, Miss Carolyn Hennessy. Thank you so very much for having me. Thank you on for this coming beautiful on. summer day. I know. Oh my gosh, it's getting so warm. Isn't it so exciting? Yes. Yes. I may have to just, you know, take the flannel sheets off the bed once and for all. But that would involve work. <laughs> yeah. That would involve actually um, you know, making the bed again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to just don't want to do that. Washing sheets is very difficult. And how do, how are you supposed to fold them so that you store them correctly? These are things that we need to be taught. Please, I have one set of sheets. I don't store nothing. <laughs> I don't store it. I just take them off and I make sure I've got an extended period of time during the day. I load them in the washing machine, wash them, dry them, put them back on the bed. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's probably smart. I should just get rid of the, the extra ones because it's just a waste of space. Um, so exciting news. You were just nominated for a daytime Emmy again for your I role was. as Diane in General Hospital. I was. Yes. Thank you, General Hospital. Thank you, General Hospital writers and directors and Frank Valentini, the executive producer for keeping Diane alive and well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thanks to all my, my incredible cast mates who make it so much fun to play off of them that if should I be lucky enough to win. Uh, it will be their award too, because because they um they make they make me better. Yeah, as Diane. Yeah, and Diane not as a person, but just as Diane. <laughs> and like you said, yeah. you've stayed alive on a on a soap opera, which is a very uh, difficult task to accomplish. Yeah. on soaps, indeed, indeed. Um, and I think it's because I was not I'm neither good nor bad. Right, but I'm funny. Yeah, I'm funny, and they they respond to that. I I liken it to if it, the whole thing's a circus, so I'm the clown <laughs> between the trapeze act and the guy getting shot out of a cannon. Mm -hmm. You know, death defying, very dramatic things happening, and then there's the clown. <laughs> so there's you know that sort sort of lets everybody breathe again for a little bit. I'm also I'm also very much the Greek chorus. Totally, you know, and and because Diane gets to say to various people on the uh, in Port Charles what the audience is thinking, but no one else can say to them. Mm -hmm. It's like Diane, just Diane just doesn't care. No, she can I say whatever care. she wants. Yeah, that's right. That's it. And that's what makes yeah. that role so cool and so interesting is that it's like you have to have that role that grounds everyone and to be that character must be so fun. It's, it's, she's the best. She's the best because they know that whatever they write, they're going to, they're, I'm going to force them to allow me to put, you know, the spin on yeah. it. And, uh, and, uh, even, even the most dramatic moments usually end up being somewhat funny. Um, <laughs> because that's just it. That's just the, what comes out. So, um, yeah, yeah. But it's fun to, it's fun to, it's fun to be that kind of lightning rod, Yeah, you know, that everything kind of dances around. Mm. What I've loved about, because I've known you now for, for several years, for those listening, we did a show together called Acting Dead back in the day. Um, back in the day. Yeah. It's like 10 years ago. 10 years ago? Almost. I think I was, tw no, I was 21 when we filmed it and I'm going to be 29 this year. So almost so 10. Years yeah. Ago. But um, still. Still a very long time ago. But what I've loved knowing you and watching you is that 
yes, you're on a soap. Yes, you are consistently on that soap opera, but you're always in other things. You've been able to do what a lot of soap opera actors can't do, which is you go off and work for Netflix. You go do Gilmore Girls. You go do all these other things, but you're still Diane. You still come back to General Hospital and do the other stuff. Right. And I, I and two two reasons for that. Number one, it's because I didn't start on the soap opera. I didn't grow up on a soap right. opera. Um, Diane came sort of fully formed. So I, I, I was working in primetime and, and feature film, et cetera, for much longer really than I've than I've been working on the soap opera. And I've been working on the soap opera now. I'm coming into my fifteenth year. Wow. What? I know, crazy. Um, and the other reason is just totally left my head because that's that's where I am. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's there, but there is another reason, and I will think of it. It's okay. I will think of it. We'll uh, find oh, it. Uh, oh yes. Oh yes. They've they've never had me under contract. Ah. They've never had me under contract, so I can say, sorry guys, you didn't button me down for this or that week. I'm going to Atlanta. Mm. They didn't. You know, you didn't. You didn't do this. So I, you know, if you if you want to. If you want to keep me on a very short leash, give me a contract. But now I don't even I don't even know that I would take it because it really would limit the options. It does. And as much as I love General Hospital, and I do, it is the gift that keeps on giving in so many ways. It's 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 so much fun to go off and do a feature film in Atlanta or something in New Orleans or something in New York or Toronto mm-hmm. or even close to home. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's as as actors, you want to be able to go do those different roles. I mean, that's kind of the one reason that I one of the reasons that I love acting. It's like there's so many things I want to do and so many people that I want to portray. And this is the only profession I can do that lets me do that. Exactly. And if you have a short attention span, that's the way to go. Yep. (laughs) You know, I I I'm I'm so in awe of like the people who've been in Cats on Broadway for 30 years. Oh my gosh, the, the women of Chicago. They, right? And they they figure out a way to keep it fresh and they make it fresh, etc. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, um, okay, I'm three months in. What's next? Can we do it next, you know? So Yeah, it's true. But you know, you you mentioned that one of the reasons that you've been able to accomplish this is that you weren't you didn't start on the soap and you've had such a, a long and illustrious career all the way back starting. I mean, when, when did you start? How did you get into this? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I was really lucky in a way. Um, my father was a motion picture production designer. Yeah. And so I, as I, as I, as I tell everyone who's willing to listen, I walked onto my first soundstage at, on, at 20th Century Fox mm. when I was four. Wow. And and it was one of the sets of Fantastic Voyage, which my father was the production designer on, and for which he won an Academy Award. Amazing. So as I say, I'm the only person that I know personally who has rehearsed their Academy Award speech, which they may never give, but rehearsed it holding one. <laughs> I, I, would, I would just, I'd, you know, climb up and get my dad's down from the shelf and just say, I'd like to thank the Academy, you know, and then and then just go from there. Oh, my God. Um so I would spend as much time as I possibly could at whatever studio my dad happened to be working mm-hmm. at when he wasn't on location. Warner Brothers, there's a street named after my father, Hennessy Street, on the back lot of Warner no Brothers. No way! Um, yeah, yeah, it was a street that he designed for Annie, for the musical Annie with Carol Burnett and Tim Curry wow. and Eileen Quinn. Quinlan? Eileen Quinn? <laughs> um, 
And so when, summers, I would I would go as much as I possibly could. Um, vacations, I would I would I would go as much as I could. So I just sort of started soaking in that that studio atmosphere mm-hmm. because I do remember when I was four, walking onto that walking onto that soundstage and thinking, I mean, just even the smell of a soundstage, and you know what yeah. that's like. It's like, oh, how much asbestos is in? <laughs> we don't know. We don't care. It's just this, like, it's, there's mold and God only it's knows what else. It's the magic dust. It's, it's, it's the magic scent. Yeah. It's, that's it. And so I said, whatever happens here, I'm going to be a part of it. I don't know what that means. And I'm just, I'm forever grateful that in this lifetime, I happen to have a penchant for doing it, for being there, for being in that small little pool of light around which there is a, you know hub it's a hub of activity and then the rest of the soundstage is very often dark and it's and and that's the majority of it and you have to kind of like walk in the dark to this small little pool of light where all the activity is where it's the center of the universe at that particular moment for you it's the center of the universe and you just and you go and you create magic there Mm. and I said so so I started um I was in, I started in school. I started studying outside of school. I started uh, my summers were spent um, when they weren't at the studio were spent in a in the in the teenage drama workshop at the California State University Northridge, oh, wow. um, which we back then called it the teenage drama workshop. Now they call it Tadwa, Tadwa. and I'm like, what? who's who's been smoking something? <laughs> what are you calling it Tadwa? What does that mean, Tadwa? What? It's like. Uh, Stop it! Stop it! It's the teenage drama workshop. Tadwa. Period. Tadwa. It's like whose whose brilliant idea was that? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I I spent many summers in my teenage years there, and then I went to American Conservatory Theater, uh, and then I was at university for a, for a couple of years, and then I went off to London, mm. and then I came back and finished up at the university and. And then just started pounding the pavement. Yeah. I managed to start making my living as an actor, not having to temp anymore, not having to do anything else in my early 30s. That's amazing. You know, no, no, stardom, no. No, 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 no. And But just to actually be able to, there were enough auditions where people said yes that I was able to cobble together a living and that started to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And so But I think there's know. there's a very important lesson there, which is that now I feel like um there's this constant pressure for young actors to so-called make it by the time they're like 25. And there's this weird thing I think when you're looking at the industry where you're like, oh, if you're not the Jennifer Lawrence, if you're not the Emma Stone, by the time you reach 28, there's no career for you. But there's so many incredible actors that I know who have made fantastic careers from 30 up. The the Jennifer Anistons and the, you know, the, 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 the Julia Robertses yeah. and, the, and the Emma Stones, those are flukes. Mm-hmm. Those aren't those. That's not reality. Right. That's their reality. That's great. But they are very few, very far between. And if anyone in in who's watching this, who watches this particular podcast or is in this industry and is under the age of 25 and thinks, oh, my God, the clock is ticking. Uh, I got to make it. They don't want to be actors. Yeah. They want to be stars. They want to be famous. Mm. They want to have 
money and sex and drugs and rock and roll and whatever. I mean, they want oh, to have thanks. all the accoutrement of, of, of being a star and having made it, yeah. but they don't want to be actors. Mm-hmm. The ones that are in it for the long haul truly don't give a crap what age they are. And it's interesting they just, they because just, like, as I'm reaching almost 30, I'm watching people drop off. Because you reach that point where it's like, okay, these are the people who say, you know, it's not, it's obviously not working for me. So I need to find something else to do, which is fine. They never do whatever, but it shows who's there. Yeah. Well, they never had the fire in the belly in the first place. They never had the real passion for it in the first place. You do. So you will continue to work because here's the thing. The roles will, and it all depends on. What they're looking for in any particular pilot season, what any particular film mm-hmm. genre is kind of coming to the fore, what um, who's kind of trailblazing for older actresses, what's what what else happening? The roles you can always find a role. Yeah, you can always find a role. It might not be your dream role, but who cares? You're that's that's not it. You're an actor. Mm-hmm. You, you're a gypsy. You take what's given to you. You take, and at a certain point, when you get to a certain level, you can say, you know what? I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. And I've earned the right to say, I don't want to do that. But actors act, period. Actors aren't interested, they're not interested in stardom. They can be ambitious. They can be interested in working all the time. They can be interested in, 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 in garnering more of a cachet so that, so that, so that the better roles will come to them. Mm -hmm. The ones who just say, I've got to make it by the time I'm 25, well, go, please pursue something. Because you, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you break it out of here. You don't, this business, this business will crack you in two. Yeah. It'll, this business will, it makes a, it gets tremendous joy out of breaking people's hearts. Mm. That's the, that's what's joyful to this particular business, this, this animal. It just loves to slaughter souls. But the ones who are actors first. And if you say, well, why do you want to act? Because when I when I lecture, when I speak at universities or to acting classes, I'll be I'll, invariably I'll go around the room and I'll, I'll say, why do you want to act? You and they'll say, well, I like um, I like hearing applause. Okay, what about you? Well, I like um, I like putting on masks. Uh, okay, well, I like um, getting out of myself. It's like. You know, and, and any a number of it, almost an infinite uh, variety of responses. And I'll say those are all terrific. They're all wrong. Mm. Because you act for no other reason but that you have to. You don't even know necessarily why. You have to act. You have to. You have to get up on that stage. You have to get it in front of that camera. And you have to have enough of an ego to say, look at me. Look at me now. Look at what I'm doing. What is it going to bring to your life? What's it going to What's it going to teach you? What's it? Is it going to make you laugh? Is it going to make you cry? Is it going to Is it going to show you something that you haven't seen before? Mm. Right. And I have to do this. I I don't want to. I I don't I don't even necessarily need to be the spotlight when any other in the spotlight any other time than on this stage or in front of this camera. But when I'm there, I'm the only person that should, that should matter to you. The only th- the, the thing that I have to say right now to you is the most important thing you will ever hear mm. coming through coming through whatever character right it's the most important thing right now period and 
if you don't have the fire in that belly to be able to stand on stage and draw that sort of mental chalk circle and say, lightning's going to strike, pay attention, then find something else to do. Because otherwise, you will not have the fortitude yeah. to be able to stay through the times when no one's calling. No one wants you. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and you will start taking stuff personally. It's like, well, I didn't get that role. I must suck. No, no. Well, you might suck, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're an actor. You're an actor. Yeah. Actors act. And if the roles aren't coming, you will you will write something for yourself. You will go and you will join a theater company. Yeah. You will go yeah. and you will take, you know, your last $40 and, 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 you know, spend it on whatever and do something on your phone. That's what you'll do. You will create for yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're 25 and you haven't made it, number one, you're normal. Yep. Now, yep. if you're 45 and you haven't made it, you still act. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you still do it. It doesn't matter. If at any point you wake up in the morning and you say, hmm, I just don't think I want to be an actor anymore. Run. Leave. Leave the business. Leave the business. Because first of all, there are so many people that do. Mm-hmm. And you will end up breaking your soul in two. So, so that's, you know, that's true. just, that's just what it You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. So, but the actor, the real actors are in it for the long haul. Yeah. Because the variety of roles, I mean, the, the, the young willowy ingenue, you know. They you know, come and he, go. Hero in Much Ado About Nothing is very much different than Beatrice right. in Much Ado About Nothing. Hero's, you know, sort of like, oh, I'm, no, oh, <laughs> charming. And that, that gets, that's fun. Ish. Once in a while. But the meat is on the characters, mm-hmm. the, the the stronger women, the um, you know, the, the heroines of their own story yeah. and saga. That's and and as you get older and you have more life experience, you're able to bring that life experience to these older characters and make them resonate with everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And the older Young, characters yeah. are usually more interesting too. Always. 
It's, always. It's always more like Margot Martindale. Like she's out there playing all the best characters. Exactly. Exactly. But she didn't get those characters until she was probably in her what forties or something. Like she, I mean, it was a while for her. Maybe maybe early fifties. Yeah. 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 But those characters yeah, are the I ones that are cool. I think it started with Million Dollar Baby, or Million Dollar Baby didn't start there. Obviously, of course not. I mean, she had this whole body the, of work yeah. that led up to Million Dollar Baby. But that's, I think, where audiences first began to go, "What? Who's this?" <laughs> well, it's this woman who didn't make it when she was 25 yep. and kept chugging along, chugging along. And ultimately, you know, the odds are on your side. If you stay in it. Yeah. If you're in it for the long game, you're going to, you're going to be successful at some point during that long at haul. At some point. At some point. Yeah. So yeah. you said that you like started being able to only be an actor in your early thirties. What was, mm -hmm. what were some of those first roles that lot like got you to that point? Oh gosh, I was on, let's see, Wings and, I mean, I did a lot of guest star work. Um, I even did some soap work, like one mm. or two days. I was, I was on General Hospital, for gosh sakes, in my, no in my teens, my late teens, yeah, for a day. Um, so, uh, gosh, um, oh gosh, I think I was on, I was on this show called Jenny, Jenny. which was the Jenny McCarthy series. Oh, no you way. Know? And, and they started bringing Chase Gardner, Chase Gardner, Ace Lawyer. Um, back and, and that was, and that was fun. Uh, let's see, wings and party at five and, and, oh, then I, then I booked a great arc on Dawson's Creek. Which was the best show. Right, right. The, hor the love to hate her, Mrs. Valentine. Yep. Mrs. Valentine who runs the, uh, and that was, that was 21 years ago this August. Wow. 21 years ago this August. That's wild. <laughs> yep. Um, and you know, I mean, shows shows that I think nobody's ever even heard of right. anymore. Um, I mean, your television now. credits are like so long that they they would yeah, be like three were, pages like, of a resume. Yeah, but they were like one offs. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm you know judging Amy and uh, you know and you know boys will be boys and and half and half and you know all these. So you just you just you're gypsies. You go mm -hmm. from show to show to show, and then if you're lucky you get something like a general hospital or you get something like a revenge mm -hmm. or a Jesse or a true blood or a true blood is like you know? the first time yeah. that I, cause I know my mom had been watching general hospital. So I would see you on the screen, but then you appeared in true blood. And I was like, Oh dang, who this? She's about to like she, blow some shit up. She's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you also, you know, you can, you do, um, I joined pretty every theater company in Los Angeles. Yeah, and was on stage constantly. You know, keeping it sharp mm -hmm. and the Groundlings and Acme Comedy Theater and and just you know learning those those oh so important these days improvisational skills. Yeah, you know, so any any actor out there join an improv troupe or actually join an improv um, class. Mm. You know, I think Scott Sedita has some has some good classes and the Upright Citizens Brigade and the yeah. Groundlings and and um you know there are some really great improv because people expect that now. Right. And for some, for a lot of reality television they want that. For a lot of sketch shows they want that. Mm -hmm. You know, so and and also it helps you for just um for like a legit audition yeah. where you've actually got a script, but they say, you know what? I want to see a bigger choice here. I want to see a smaller choice here. I want to see something utterly different here. And it's like, oh, okay. 
because of that improvisational background, I can turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. I can absolutely turn on a dime with no thought of, oh, God, they, oh, that must mean I sucked in my original choice. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means they want to see something different from you. They like you. They're not sending you out of the Exactly. Room. I love Do when it. I get corrected in auditions because I'm like, oh, my gosh, they like me then. They like me enough right. to spend more time on me. To spend more time and to, and to see if you are directable as opposed to saying, hmm, I don't think the character would do that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See ya. And that's actually one of the difficult things about this, you know, this lockdown when we've all had to be sending in, sending in auditions. Well, it's great, but the odds are that you, okay, you're either what they, what they want straight out of the game. Mm -hmm. And there's probably only going to be one of you in all the auditions, or they would see something that they would be able to work with, but they can't because you're not in the room. Yep. So you have to, it's a real, it's a, it's a very fine, it's, it's a balancing act. Do I do what I think they're going to want or do I, or am I true to myself? And ultimately you can only go with being true to yourself. And if you are, let's say the color yellow and they happen to want blue, you're not going to get that role, mm -hmm. but they'll remember for that time when they want yellow. It's like, wait a minute, but, but who was that girl? And she, and you know, let's, what's, what's her name? Mm -hmm. Let's bring her in. Or let's, let's, you know, let's, let's put this out here. Hopefully we will start going back to reading in the room. Oh man, I hope so. Soon. It's just, it's a completely different thing. And it's, it's hard to audition on tape when you're not in the room because it's just, there's a vibe to it. There's a vibe when you walk into that room and you're like, if you're in that zone too, and you know, you're going to do a good audition. It's like the casting director's vibing with you. You're vibing with them. You're like in that zone, you're ready to go and you hit it out of the park. Right. There's nothing like that feeling. And, and, and the producers are all yeah. like trying to stifle laugh. Yes. It's like, oh. mm, don't laugh. Don't laugh because it'll throw her off. It's like, no, 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 no. Oh, I got you. I got you right here. Yeah. Right here. This is where you are. Yeah. No, it's it's the best. It's the best. Mm. And even if you don't get that role, you walk out going, I did good. They're going to know me. They're, they know me now, and I know them, and that's big. Because that's, that's actually your job. Yep. Your job is not to get the job. Your job is to show them that you've done the work, you can turn on a dime, and you're not going to be a pill to work with. Right. Speaking yeah. of auditions, we love to share audition stories on this on this podcast. Do you have one you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, yes, and this I think goes to the heart of not all casting directors are assholes. Mm. In fact, most of them aren't. No, most of them no. actually want to see you succeed. And this was this is a, it's a very funny story. And I ended up telling this story. At this, at this woman's, as part of this woman's eulogy. Oh my goodness. Um, a casting director named Cecily Adams, who was one of the finest casting directors you would ever want to know. And she was, I think she was married at the time. Well, anyway, she was, she was married to an actor named Jim Beavers, mm. who everyone would know from like, um, oh gosh, she was, um, um, um I, a lot of shows. Jim Beavers, look him up. <laughs> I can't think of any of the shows right now. But he's on a lot of them. Really. Um, so many. And Cecily was also, I was in the main company at the Acme Comedy Theater, and okay. Cecily was, was also a sketch, a sketch actor. Hmm. Wonderful actress, in addition to being a casting director. And Cecily had um, 
used one of my wigs. She was in the B company and I was in the main company. She was coming up, she was coming up and she used one of my wigs and she hadn't put it back in the right spot. Well, I flipped out. I just got on my high horse. I was just, I was an absolute ass about the whole thing. And, and somehow it got back to Cecily that I had taken the wig and I was in a harumph about the whole thing. Well, Cecily then calls me in for that 70s show. Oh, and, and I, and I, and I walk in and I see it's Cecily. And I went, it's a sabotage. It's an ambush. It's an ambush. I'm, she brought me in here to humiliate me. And she was, she could not have been more lovely. She couldn't have been just so fabulous. And, and I ended up booking this thing and I went and I, and I think Cecily said something to me like, you see, it's not an ambush. I brought you in because you're talented and because, you know, so at, at, at the eulogy, I said uh, something like, it was in that moment that Cecily told me this was not an ambush because I was, I was now, I went in, I did my best, but I was, but I walked out and I called my agent. I said, I didn't get it. She's, she's dead. She's trying to rake me over the hot coals. And, and, and I said, but this was in Cecily's own way, her telling me, Carolyn, in the future, you know, it's just a wig. Really? It's just a wig. Um, perhaps you might consider not being such a tight ass. <laughs> so, so because, because people really do want to see people succeed. Mm -hmm. They really, really do. The, the casting directors that are, that are real monsters to actors are becoming less and less. Totally. They are fewer and far between because word gets out now, because thanks to social media and thanks to, you know, there are all these movements going on. So you can't, you do, you just, you know, and, but, but these sort of worm eaten individuals that wanted to be an actor or they wanted to be a director and they just had to settle for casting. No, 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 no. Casting is now, it's its own art form. Mm -hmm. And the ones who are there by and large are the ones that really love actors. They want to see them succeed. Well, and so, their whole job is to find that person. They don't want you to not succeed. They want the next person to walk into the room to be their person. They need to you to. Yeah. To solve the problem. Exactly. Exactly. And to make them look good. Right. To make them look good. Absolutely. Of course, then there was the other audition where, uh, <laughs> Oh no. I, I, fortunately I had it memorized. And this, I think, was for, the, it was a show starring starring Jane Leaves, uh, and I can't remember, Yeah, Mar I just remember Mary Lou Belli, my dear friend Mary Lou Belli was directing it, and Jane Leaves was the star. It was after Frasier. So okay. I remember I, I walked in, and you know, you should have the script in your hand, whether or not you ever refer to it, and, and they do expect you to be memorized. So I was memorized, but I just, you know, kind of, you maybe sometimes you build in points where you kind of like glance at it, and I remember looking at it, I went. Like I had to, I went, and they all started laughing, and I just said, and I continued, and I went, now we can laugh at the fact that Carolyn's losing her eyes. <laughs> now we get to laugh about that. And then I was like, I'm getting old. Oh, there it is. Like, the like, moment and you know. Because it happened to me 
in the middle of the audition. Of course. My eyesight went south in the middle of the audition. Now your eyesight was sabotaging you. Yeah. 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 Oh, Oh, my gosh. That's a great story. Yeah. I love that. You know, but it's. Everyone, nobody, there's, nobody wants you to fail. No. Listen, I shouldn't say nobody. Every once in a while, of course, you're going to run up against somebody who's just, and it has, and it has nothing to do with you. Mm -mm. Nothing to do with you. It's their own mishigas that they're dealing with, their own insecurity, their own, I don't know, maybe they're passing a kidney stone. I don't know what it is. But. Don't you cannot you cannot take anything personally. That's that's the thing that I have to tell everybody. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Because five you control five percent of the audition. The actor controls five percent. That five percent has to be operating at a hundred percent. But you've only got five percent because you don't know that the lady that they want is now is is the girlfriend of the director. Mm. So Every time, so everybody that they called in just to look fair, they're not going to get it. Nope. None of us are going to get it. She's got it. She's already got it. Or that the the blonde-haired lead has now been changed to a red-headed lead. So the red-headed actors that are out, I mean, by literally 30 seconds before they started calling in the first girl, the call came down, oh, we lost, you know, Matthew McConaughey, and we've now got Tom Cruise. Yep. Um. And he's, you know, on the short, mm-hmm. so they can't stand up. Somebody can't. So all the, you know, redheaded actresses that are five seven, they're out. They're they're gonna see them because that's that's the courtesy of the business. Mm-hmm. But none of us stand a shot, and we don't know that. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. We go in thinking, this role's mine. Man, I got this. <laughs> no. So there's there are so many variables that you have no idea about, and you cannot control. Period. Mm. What you can do is you get you that 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 you've done the work. You can show them that you've done the work by making your audition seamless and actually showing that it's no work at all for you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and be able to turn on a dime and be the person that they want to spend twelve hours in a big dark box with. Amen. That's it. Amen. That's <laughs> that's how you end it right there. Wow. Amen. Um, <laughs> Where can where can people follow you on and, social media? And by, by the, way, the way, wait a minute. One more thing. Yes. When you're sitting in that director's chair that says cast, and you're in, you know, guest cast, right? Don't talk about acting. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> don't talk about your process. Don't talk about the plays you've done. Don't talk. They talk about fishing or gymnastics or dogs. Talk about food. Talk about where you've been. Don't talk about acting, because they're not interested. Nope. They don't care. That just show that that just shows that you're too into too into yourself when they want you to be into them. Yep. So be into them. Um, where can people find yes, you? Yes. Where can people find you on social media? People can find me at um, Carolyn Hennessy at that's Twitter, and I think there's and a Facebook page and the and the gram, the gram. as you kids call it, the gram. Um, and so it's H E N N E S Y C A R O L Y N H E N N E S Y. The short spin on that. Well, thank you so much for spending your afternoon with me. And I'm so excited for the daytime Emmys. I'm crossing my fingers for you. Big time. It'll be fun, right? Heck yeah. It'll be fun. Just put on a gown and get some hair and get, get, get your hair and makeup done. Get your hair and makeup done. Take home right? an award. I mean, right? super right. chill. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> There's, I, got, I got some stiff competition. Yeah. Stiff competition. It's, it's very we'll good see. this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so my nice pleasure, to catch up. Honey.
Love you, Mucho. Okay. (laughs) Thanks again to Carolyn for coming on the show and chatting it up with me. It's always fun to have people that I know and that I've worked with on the show. It's uh, it's like a little reunion. Uh, so it's it's really special when that happens. So thank you, Carolyn. And hey, guys, if you um, aren't following us on Instagram, go ahead and go to our show notes. Head on over to Instagram because we post really fun little clips from these interviews on our IGTVs every Friday. Um, did I say IGTVs as, as multiple? Oh, well, I'm keeping it in. I'm lazy today. I'm very tired. It's very hot. I'm going to go to sleep or something after this. Um, So go to our Instagram and check that out uh, so you can see some of this conversation, you know, with two people actually talking to each other face to face, not in the same room, but face to face. And tune in next week. We have a fantastic guest on the show that I was really excited to talk to. Uh, So that'll be a special episode. And... Yeah. Thank y'all for continuing to listen to me ramble and talk to people that um, that I connect with and that I, I love talking to. It's been a great year of doing this. I can't believe it's been a year, but it's been a year and here we are. And I'm so thankful for your support. So um, thanks. And, you know, rate us, give us some love, give us some reviews, tell your friends about us. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.